Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Hey, what's up, City Life? Week three, King Jesus. We've been looking at our king and his kingdom. Right now, it's a very politically charged season, ads everywhere, wanting us to pick a side. When we look at our king and we look at kingdom, we pick people, we pick God, we fight for each other, we go across the side, across the aisle, and absolutely we find ourselves having the individual freedom to discuss and have passions and be vested and carry interests and topics and vote and all of that that is very necessary and needed. But what is driving the kingdom of God is the good news of who Jesus is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his child. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He wants anyone to come home and believe in his son and be transformed forever to find that new life. That's the kind of message that I want to carry And oftentimes I find myself grabbing on to messages that taint that one. And we've been praying Philippians 127 as will calibrate us as a people here at City Life. It reads, just one thing as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Let's take another pass this week and pray that, that it goes deep in our souls. Jesus, we pray this text. We pray that we will be a people contending together for one another in the gospel that we will be in one accord, one spirit, your spirit, the Holy Spirit, that when you find us, we will be living our lives worthy of you, Jesus, our King, our Lord, our Savior. God, we pray that we remember that we are citizens of heaven, that also finds us now engaged in the world you created. And we want to walk and live and love in a way that you long to see take place. Help calibrate us, teach us today like only you can do. Your kingdom come and your will be done in our hearts, in our city, in our state, in our nation, and in our world. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Red, blue, white, white, purity of Christ, blue, red, put them together. We got purple royalty because when we put our faith in Jesus, we're king's kids. I mean, living legends adopted into the family of God. No step rights, but having full access to cry out, 
Abba intimately, that we can ro- run boldly to the throne. Can you imagine approaching a king and being able to run up to a throne? That's the kind of access Jesus provides for us to run into the throne room of the God of the universe. That is so powerful. We don't want anything to trip up that message, anything to trip up that truth, anything to trip up that access. And as this season, we get the opportunity to be involved politically. It's very key that we continue to journey with how Jesus sees things. So we created this guide called King Jesus, Clinically Journeying with King Jesus. And some of the teachers we've resourced and linked to in the spirit of PG, entry-level learning, but the basics sometimes are the most advanced classes. I mean, 401 really starts always at 101. You got Ravi Zacharias, some Show Baraka, Tim Keller, N.T. Wright, John Piper, Tony Evans, John Perkins, Mark Driscoll, Eric Matak, Metaxas. You got The Bible Project, uh, Tim Mackey, Kevin DeYoung, rich, rich content. Uh, most of it is videos. It, it, it's awesome. You can get that. You've probably heard it earlier in the announcements, but I want to remind us to go to citylifelancing.com, click resources, and you'll find it right there. It is important we understand the king, the kingdom, but also how that fleshes out in our day-to-day, to be locally active, to be active in the, the polls, whether we find ourselves newbies into this process and then journeying more and learning or finding ourselves active, helping our fellow brothers and sisters in this world. Leadership matters. In Psalm 33, verse 12, it says, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen to be his own possession. People are more blessed when God's at the forefront. What do we do when we're not sure which candidate or candidates if God is at the forefront. We can find ourselves kind of paralyzed, immobilized. We don't know where to look, turn, or go. And so we will endorse somebody too quick. But if we slow down, the king has come. His kingdom is real. And we're definitely more happy and blessed when God's at the forefront of all things. But God didn't come top down. He's coming from the bottom up. Now, opposite of good leadership looks like Proverbs 28, 2 through 5. When a land is in rebellion, it has many rulers. But with a discerning and knowledgeable person, it endures. A destitute leader who oppresses the poor is like driving rain that leaves no food. Those who reject the law praise the wicked. But those who keep the law pit themselves against them. The evil do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. What a rich passage. We seek the Lord and we can find understanding for everything. The message puts it this way beautifully. When the country is in chaos, everybody has a plan to fix it. I mean, come on, that's not every commercial we've seen right now. But it takes a leader of real understanding to straighten things out. The wicked who oppress the poor are like a hailstorm that beats down the harvest. If you desert God's law, you're free to embrace depravity. 
if you love God's law, you fight for it tooth and nail. And I commend those brothers and sisters out there fighting for God's law in all sectors of life. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. But fighting can look a lot different for some of us. Justice makes no sense to the evil-minded. Those who seek God know it inside and out. Come on, we're a people that want to know God inside and out. That comes with justice, mercy, love, peace, understanding. So how is the kingdom moving today? Have you wondered, like, where is God? What is happening? Well, where is he now? Have you found yourself ever frustrated or even that you're the only one alone, that no one gets your viewpoint? Frustrated that prayers aren't even being answered, even being mocked where, hey, why don't you show us what God's going to do now? Why is God allowing COVID? Why is God allowing this type of tension? Why is God allowing riots? What's God doing through our candidates? What? Why is God allowing these things? And we find ourselves so alone, but it, uh, it, but I felt, I don't think we're the only one. I believe that's kind of the, the, the cry of the depths of all of our hearts. So I've named today's message, A Lonely Kingdom. Because it can feel like it's a lonely kingdom, but it's a lonely kingdom when we remember who we're alone with. The promo series with the alley transaction and Judas taking the coins, betraying Jesus, Jesus getting beat up, and then the same people beating him up and then worshiping him that we see before all these messages is so powerful because you stop and think back. Well, that's how the kingdom came. The king came through that type of way. And each scene in that kind of short promo is from the text of the betrayal of Jesus. As we continue the message today, I, I want us to watch this with fresh fresh eyes and ears and not and not just see it, but but also read the text and the passages is happening and let it come alive and the media really speak to us of the betrayal of how our king came. So we remember, okay, it looked like he was alone. It looked like he was lonely. He was in the garden feeling like he's the only one. I mean, if anybody gets it, it's our great high priest who knows our weaknesses. He knows what it feels like to feel like, oh God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? The father turns his back only to pour out the wrath, the cup that's due our sin on his son, our sin on his son. What? Our sin on his son. There's this short film that has always showed, uh, just wrecked me. And for copyright, I don't know if we can ever play it, but it's the train conductor. If you Google it, it's a train and his son. And this father's playing with his son. And there's a train that's coming by. And the son's down there where where the, 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 the mechanics are to, to lower the bridge. And his son gets caught down there. And the train, uh, the person who's running the bridge, the father, his son's down there. And the train's about to cross this bridge. And it's up. And it has to be pushed down. And in that moment, the father has to decide. 
And I've never been able to watch this without crying. The father has to decide, am I going to let the train crash or am I going to put the bridge down and might kill my son? And the father in that moment, what he does is he chooses all the people. And you see these people on a train and you see these people that are, are doing the wildest of things. You got, you got people that are disregarding everything. And finally, the person puts down the bridge and, and, and loses his son. And all these people get to go to their destination and they don't even know what took place. And then you see the person watching the people get off the train and he knows that he just sacrificed his son for their life. And, and that shows the picture. It's hard to even watch. And what the father did to his own son, Jesus, is exponentially, infinitely greater greater and far superior and way more horrific than we can even ever think. And he did it for you and me. That is just perplexing. And some of us, we don't even want to stop and pause and recognize it. Who's in charge? And then how he got there and how he got his throne and how he got his kingdom and how he got it even from having someone on his team who would betray him. And then someone who betrayed him. And what is so, uh, we, we, we kind of always throw out Judas. Don't be a Judas. Don't be a Judas. But, but I think this video captures some of the, the heart of how Judas would feel. He, would, he, he, he gives the money back and he's like, I've sinned. I betrayed an innocent man. And how this whole setup happened is because everybody wanted power now. Come on, Jesus. Where are you at? Where's God at now? <laughs> huh? It's a lonely kingdom. You're supposed to be the king. These Romans are ruling over us. There's so much oppression happening everywhere. Why don't you just, come on, set up shop, rule now. Why don't you rule the day? And everyone was deceived because we often look for change. We look for, uh, to, to, to release this this, this uh, hurt and frustrations. We want relief now. And relief um, doesn't often happen instantly because God's timeline is higher. <laughs> It says in, in 2 Peter chapter 3 that God hasn't come back yet because he wants more people to come home. That he's slow to return because once he returns, it's final. It's door shut. No one's coming. <laughs> the kingdom is shut and, and those in Christ will rejoice. There will be a separation. And it's not when people are like, well, someone's going to go to hell. No, no. What is worse than thinking about hell is to be separated from God. The one who made us, the one who knew us, our dad, he knows us from the inside out. He's our father. And like a child that longs to be with their parent, no child should ever feel alone. So when we watch this video here, okay, hopefully we'll see it with some fresh eyes. The pain, the backdrop of how our kingdom was birthed. I mean, the kingdom all the way flowing through what God was doing through Israel. And finally their king comes and they can't recognize him. I think it's a lot like us today too. A lot like myself. Jesus, I need you to come like this. Well, what if he's working in the most mysterious of ways? Let's look at this and read some of these scriptures.
seasons where's your king has he abandoned you come on look at this building has fell apart no no our king has not abandoned us many times we abandon him we find ourselves like i think roman romans 11 where elijah it references back where he in the old testament he, he's like am i the only one check this passage out i ask then has god rejected his people Wondering about Israel. Is Israel rejected? Because now the Gentiles, all different types of people can come in. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or don't you know that the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Elijah. Big time prophet, big time used by God, big time. Watch his exchange with God. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. You ever find yourself like this? Hey, God, I want to tell you what's going on in the world. Hey, God, look what they're doing to you and your people. Look what's happening. Here's what he says. Watch, watch this. Come on. I am the only one left. <laughs> Wow, I'm laughing not at him. I'm laughing at myself. Am I the only one you got, God? What? Can't anybody else see the pain? Can't anybody else see what's going on in the inner city? Can't anybody else see in the world that people don't have access to, to the gospel? I was sitting with one of my minister friends who went to one of the, the most desolate places in the planet, and he's like, two billion people don't have access to the Bible. And I'm like, man, my heart's breaking. God, don't you see? Are we the only one left? And they are trying to take my life. Like, oh, oh, God, you need me so much. They're trying to take my life. Like, it's a lonely kingdom. It's a lonely kingdom. I'm all alone. But here's what God says to him. But what's God's answer to him? I have left 7,000 for myself who have not bowed to Baal. Oh, you're the only one? 
I have 7,000 that have not bowed. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean the kingdom's not working. So that was good. Somebody's got to write that down. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean the kingdom's not working. Now you can put a big underline in the notes. You can just say, because the kingdom is at work. Always. Always. God's got people all over the world right now. That I mean, he's raising up people in dreams. I believe he's calling his best people right now. You can't see them. Oh, they're being called. They're being raised up. People that will dunk on me for days. The lapis. Am I the only one? Nah. He's raising up. He's got a remnant. In the same way then, there is also at the present time a remnant chosen by grace. A remnant is something that's preserved that carries over. That holds true to the particular way. A kingdom. Sometimes that word's used from a war-torn region. War-torn. That everything has fallen. The war seems like the, the, the bad guys won. But yet there's a remnant that preserves the way of the king and that, that it could hold true to, to let that kingdom birth again. And what's so fascinating about this? See, as soldiers, we're soldiers that endure hardship for Jesus Christ, aiming to please the one who enlisted us, but we're chosen by grace. That's what it says in right here. Now, if by grace, then it is not by works. We can't work ourselves out of this one, friends. It's grace. Otherwise, grace ceases to be grace. A few points from a lonely kingdom today is, number one, the kingdom always welcomes those left out. If we're looking at how do we reach the influencers, we're probably missing the majority of how God wants to build his team. His portfolio comes through unlikely ways and Mark 10, reading out the message, verse 15 and 16, the people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The disciples shoved them off. Jesus was irate and let them know it. I think just pause there for a moment. Wait, they're rolling with Jesus. They know the heart of Jesus. They're on team Jesus. They're with, I mean, they're with Jesus all the day. They're in the huddle. We assume that since we're in the huddle, we won't make dumb mistakes. We always read ourselves as the hero of these stories, but instead we're the disciples. We're often find ourselves as the Pharisees. We need to repent. I mean, they're, they're, God, God, is, God does his best work when we say, we can't, I, I don't know God. Uh, and we come to him with humility. If we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. If we have pride, we find ourselves Sure, it's just a matter of when we fall, not if. So Jesus gets irate and he says, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands a blessing on them. The kingdom always welcomes those left out and it makes the access very simple. It's simple. It's Jesus. Believe in our heart. Confess with our mouth. It's Jesus. We don't need more steps, steps than Jesus. We don't need to find ourselves stiff-arming people. 
as the disciples, we need to be like Jesus, bringing the kids and kids in that culture. It's interesting because we see kids today. We start thinking through our lens. We care about kids. Kids have rights. Well, kids, they can't add a lot of value to society. They, they can't work their, can't, you know, make their own way, can't get their own pay. They definitely can't be a soldier yet. And, and kids are kind of second tier, lower tier. And what you find is Jesus has an affinity for anyone who is marginalized. He, he, he gives dignity. He's recruiting women, uh, Samaritans, those that are outcast. And, and here he is with children, those who are outcast. And basically saying, hey, if you feel outcast in some way, sh- shape in this world, don't ever feel like the kingdom of God is rejecting you. It is accepting you through the blood of Christ. Don't ever feel like the kingdom of God is rejecting you. It is accepting you through the blood of Christ. Like a child. I want to brag on my wife for a moment. Crystal. Crystalita. Crystal. Clear glass. She's amazing. Her middle name is Monique, which means wise advisor. She's just super amazing. But one gift that she does have, I mean, she's got many gifts, but one of the gifts she has that I definitely follow, she leads, which is her love for children. And not just our kids, I mean all kids. We've driven by, seen kids at the park, and our heart just goes out to kids. And one of the things she said in the season that keeps going on repeat in my mind, she goes, what's getting lost is the children throughout everything. It's about the kids. It's about what's happening to the kids. Let the kids come. They're our future. What are they seeing? How are they seeing us model? Are they seeing us model the king in the kingdom? What are we training them for? What are we training them up in? So, I mean, we're going to break the cycle. We got to do it. I sat with a, a young man today who's pretty much a kid compared to me. He could be my kid. And a young man's growing up, listening to the pain of his story, listening to all the stuff he went through, but then hearing his perspective. And he's like, man, I'm going to break the cycle. I almost overthrew the te- table and jumped through the wall and tackled him twice and then let him leave. I mean, that I was so excited. Because he was getting it. He was getting the flow, the rhythm. Now, second second thing of a lonely kingdom is even when we don't see it, the kingdom of God is at work. Even when we don't see it, the kingdom of God is at work. Come on, Elijah's. Come on, Elijah's. Am I the only one? A lot of us, you know what we were saying this season? Am I the only one? So I'm going to ask you a question then. Am I the only one who's been saying that? Can somebody be honest? Turn to your neighbor if you're in a home. I mean, you are not the only one. Say, you are not the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the, you might just start saying it. Only one, only one, only one, only one. Mark 13. This is how the kingdom flows. This is how the kingdom goes. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds. But when grown, it's taller than the garden plants. It becomes a tree. So that the birds of the sky come and the nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. What's taking place there is this. The kingdom is small. The kingdom is hidden, but the kingdom takes over. In the NIV study Bible, uh, Kent Dobson's commentary has a beautiful writing on the mustard seed. I pulled out my book placement, so bear with me here. The parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. 
The presence of a mustard tree in the middle of a feed field was certainly a strange image to Jesus' listeners. Jesus ripping strange stories saying, you thought you would see the kingdom one way? Not so fast, Lee Corso. Who would want birds perching where one was trying to grow food? Jesus was comparing the kingdom to a giant shrub or weed that starts tiny but grows and takes over the garden. The image of yeast was equally strange to Jesus' listeners. Yeast was a symbol for sin and had to be completely removed from the house before the festival of Passover. The comparison of kingdom with something that was symbolically negative would have been shocking. Rather than pretty images, these were disturbing metaphors. For the completely unlikely and subversive way God's kingdom actually works. It's an opposite kingdom. Rob G., he has a song called Opposites. And the hook has wrecked me for years. And it's about that passage. It says, I got a seed so small, you could lose it in your pocket. The kingdom coming so strong, this world could never stop it. Even when we don't see it, the kingdom is at work. When you're at work and no one sees those tears, the kingdom's at work. It's opposite. When you're forgiving somebody that you don't want to forgive, the kingdom's at work. It's opposite. When you're giving grace to someone who definitely doesn't deserve it, the kingdom's at work. It's opposite. We don't see the results or the tree grow quick. Don't worry. The kingdom's at work. It's opposite. Check the song out. Got a seed so small. Lose it in your pocket. This is the land of the opposites. This is the land of the opposites. This is the land of the opposites, so obvious but so quickly we forget. This is the land of the opposites, so obvious but so quickly I forget. Let the weak say I have strength, let the poor say I am
from Rob G. Couple more as we go. Let's get out of here. Let's call the day. I'm not sure where you're going to eat. I'm not sure where you're going to go. Maybe you've already checked out. Maybe you didn't. I hope you lean in. I hope you double down. I hope you get in a group. I hope you join the dream team. I hope you take this thing seriously. I hope it's way past the Sunday, but I hope you remember that a Sunday is a touch point to not grow weary in doing good. Number three, we aren't sustaining the kingdom. Amen. Right on. We aren't sustaining it. That's really good. Because sometimes the kingdom language is kingdom this, kingdom, kingdom. You got to see the kingdom and everything. You get exhausted. You're like, okay, oh, I got to do this, do this, do this. Or the kingdom's not at work. No, 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 no. We aren't sustaining the kingdom. It goes on that same chapter in Romans 11, verse 17. It says, now, if some of the branches were broken off and you, though a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them, were grafted in the family of God, have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree, we don't deserve to be in, but we get in, and which is crazy, and we get to share in this great olive tree. Do not boast that you are better than those branches. Do not boast that I'm not like those branches. But if you do boast, you do not sustain the root, but the root sustains you. It's Christ sustaining his people. Number four. I've been waiting this whole time to tell you this. I prayed and I asked God, what's the one thing you want to tell your people? A lonely kingdom. What do you, what's the one thing you want to tell them? Number four, you are not alone. You are not alone. That's the good news. God's got people all over, but it's God who's with us. First Peter, Peter 5, 9 and 11, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and he would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. I remember early on in my walk, this verse has stuck out to me for over 18 years. And the reason why, 
because coming to Christ, the pain was so severe. I would have lonely times alone reading scriptures and and I remember crying out all the time in my heart, in my deepest heart, God, am I the only one going through these hard times? It's the same with Christians all over the world. And I wept. I said, there's so many Christians all over the world. God's kingdom so unlikely. I want to be with all these Christians. This is why we love family. We love worship gatherings. But God sometimes has dispersed each one of us because we're like yeast. We're, we're, we're saturating the, all the bread. We're like the mustard seed. We're all over. We're spread apart on purpose. God's not working with the big all the time. He's often working in the small. He's working in the hidden. This is good for us. This is good for our souls. This is good for us in this season. This is good for us politically journey. This is good for us right now. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God has great plans for us in Christ, eternal. And glorious plans they are. I love how the message puts some stuff. It's so good. We'll have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. God gets the last word over the storm. God gets the last word over our pain. God gets the last word over our tears. Yes, he does. You are not alone and you have a kingdom that will never be shaken. Now it's time for you to jump through a wall, overthrow a table, get so excited because you are not alone. It's not, it's, it's a loan with God. It's not a lonely kingdom. It's a lone kingdom with our king. And it's beautiful when we get the team and we get side by side with our family, but never get it twisted. No matter where we go, the king is always with us. There is Fear in this season wanting to paralyze us. Wisdom is beautiful. Fear comes but perfect love cast it out. I pray that the love of God, the love of God that would send his son, that would crush his son for us, that type of power and peace would override any fear we have right now. Any doubt that makes us feel alone, I pray in this moment that we wouldn't feel lonely anymore, but we would recognize that we're being prepared, that God has made it in a way that you feel alone, but he's just making sure you won't bow. He's testing. He's proving. He's getting things ready. And it's not something you have to force. It's something you have to receive. You can't get the fruit. It happens with the root. The kingdom is on the move. We are a lonely kingdom, and that is beautiful. We might not look big on the outside. I believe God's doing his best work ever. People have mocked and said, hey, 2020, I heard the preachers were saying, God's going to see so clearly. And I was even feeling some type of way like, hey, yeah, well, I thought we were going to see clearly. And God was like, hey, this is the only season that you've ever been alive in your lifetime, Beerling, that you needed to see the most clear because the whole world looks foggy. Who's the only one who can see clear through the fog? God. So that is actually where we need to be, is at the feet of God. Worshiping our king's glory will leave us all floored. And that's what I pray leaves us through our homes, through your day is worshiping alone with him and just being floored. If Judas was crushed by the, the, the betrayal and the guilt and the shame, how much more will the glory be when we meet him in Christ? If you don't know Jesus, come home. 
man, God, God sent his son for you, for me. I remember seeing preachers on TV being like, that dude is weird, but I believe it so much. He transformed my life that I'd be silly not to tell you the good news, that the king is real, the king lives, and you can be a king's kid. Very simple. Believe in your heart. Jesus, you're the one. Confess with your mouth. That's it. God, and then you're in, and then you go on the journey, and, and then you start to learn his ways, and you want to be like him because he's loving you, choosing you, pursuing you, and it's by grace. And you get new freedom. It, like it, Today, maybe you say that, like, I want Jesus. Just put it in the chat. I want Jesus. Sign up on a connect card, citylifelancing.com. Join the dream team. Get alive here. We're going to finish up King Jesus next week. It's going to be a powerful time. How beautiful is his name? Can't wait to spend that with you. And got some cool stuff planned for 2021. Dreaming at the end of the year. And don't grow weary. God's with us. You are not alone. You are not the only one. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. and 1130. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.